Welcome to the Bros and Blokes Lifestyle Academy. From nose freeders to dirty diaper genies, welcome to another episode in our ever-evolving parenting subject here at your Lifestyle Academy. James here, as a new father myself, ready to take you through the turbulent days of early fatherhood. A quick shout out to our Twitch audience that are here today. We are, well I am, uh, recording live on the Twitch, twitch.tv slash brosandblokes. Um, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, feel free to interact, chat with me, ask questions, relate to the topics that we're going to be discussing today. It's always a good time. Welcome Shink and Green. Thank you again for jumping in. Uh, we're doing a podcast recording today. As you can see, we're talking about all things Parenting mistakes. Parenting mistakes, guys. It's perhaps not normal to think that all new parents go through the early months of childcare without making a single mistake. We all do it. We can all admit that, right? Uh, We're learning as we go to keep the child calm and, well, happy, I guess. But one thing we can certainly do is wise up on those common mistakes we're making, and today's episode does just that. I'm here today to share those most popular mistakes that new parents make share some of my own recent experiences uh, just to prove how common they are. So what I've got here, guys, is a list of five different mistakes that parents typically make. Some of them are very common, very expected, and some of them are perhaps, uh, you know, things you might not have thought about as a new parent. Uh, So again, for those listeners of the podcast, I am working more on getting the Twitch streams back up and running. So do go check it out once again, twitch.tv slash brosandblokes, where you can check out some of these live recordings. And actually, some of them we've done before, if you check out our YouTube page, uh, I don't have the actual link. If you go to our socials or our website, you'll find it on there. Uh, You can see some of our previous live video recordings. One such is where... Alan with a K and I share unique treats from each other's countries. So I gave him some Marmite, of course, and he gave me some American snack, fruit on the foot, by the foot, whatever it's called. I don't even know. But anyway. All right. Two today then. So mistake number one, sleep regulation. This is a tricky one because with a lot of newborns, the immediate thought is you want that child to sleep, right? Obviously, it's peaceful. You don't hear many cries. <laughs> Or fussiness and so I think yeah if he's sleeping it's great here's the issue sometimes newborns especially get too much sleep to the point where they get really overstimulated and cranky and almost overtired in those hours when they're awake so realistically speaking when it comes to newborns especially month one to three they should only really have wake windows as they're called of about one to f- one to two hours 1.5 hours we'll kind of meet in the middle there so with that you want to feed the kid, you want to burp the kid, you want to have a little bit of entertainment with the kid, and then back down for a nap. How long do they nap? Usually between three to four hours on average. Now, every child is different. The other question is, do you wake a sleeping baby? That's a tricky one because I didn't really know what to do with this, and I think the answer is it depends. If they're sleeping for more than four, four and a half hours, they do need to feed, especially as they're newborns. They need to feed usually every three to four hours. And so if it's if he's still sleeping, yes, you probably should. However, when newborns get hungry, they tend to wake themselves up. Just kind of, again, depends on the child. Um, but yes, the, the, the lesson here is you really do want to make sure you kind of get into that routine of keeping the kid awake for one to two hours, obviously for feeding, for diaper changing, for all that, back to sleep for about three to four hours, and that cycle just kind of continues on. 
Um, there's an article that I, I'll put all the links in the show notes for the articles today, but Pure Wow, there's a reading here from purewow.com that talks a little bit more about weight windows specifically and the ideal age if they're, you know, month one to three, they should be awake for, you know, one, one and a half hours. If they're into month four, they can be awake for a little bit longer. And again, the risk that you take if they, you know, don't get enough sleep is that then they get overtired and then they get really cranky and get really fussy and that's never fun. So um, let's see how you go. All right. So that's number one. So make sure the sleep is on point from day one. And, you know, even in the hospital, they kind of teach you that stuff to kind of wake them up every so often, have them sleep every so often. Um, get on get on that routine as, as quick as you can because if the sleep suddenly goes awry, then, then all bets are off for nighttime sleeping especially. <laughs> all right, mistake number two, underestimating a baby's temperature. Now, this one actually did fool us at first because here we are in the summer months. You know, it's pretty toasty outside. We're looking at about 98 degrees Fahrenheit roughly. This was obviously when he was a newborn. And in our house... It feels like second winter, right? Because the AC is just on, it's going, it's pumping out all that luscious, cool air for us. But the reality is, we don't even know how a baby can regulate its body temperature in the sense that we as humans are just kind of used to it, right? As soon as we, you know, go inside a cool room, I'll feel great again, you know, that's awesome. Be outside for a while, yes, our body's struggling to regulate. For a kid, it's a lot harder because they're brand new, new to the world. Their body hasn't quite adapted to being able to regulate that body temperature. And especially for a newborn, when they don't have that much body fat, it makes it a lot harder. So with that, we want to make sure that we're keeping a keen eye on our surrounding temperature. And so making sure that if we're in an AC room, which nine out of 10 times during the summer you're going to be, that the baby's got some extra layers. He gets some extra layers for that little kiddo. Uh, that's one of the mistakes that we made is that we had, we'd be doing diaper changes and, you know, doing it in a room with AC and he'd be shivering and you'd be like, oh my God, I didn't realize he was that cold, you know. And so bundling him up, making sure he's got all the layers on, uh, that is actually going to be really important uh, from day one onwards, making sure that they're, they're pretty cool. Now, conversely, when it comes to the other side of things, you want to make sure they don't get too hot. So this is another mistake that my wife and I made is we took him out for a walk early days and it was pretty warm outside. We weren't quite at 90. It was like 80 or something like that. But we were very surprised how quickly his temperature went up. Like we were feeling his cheeks and they were getting pretty hot pretty quickly. So again, it goes back to the same thing. If you know we as adults can regulate the temperature and get somewhat comfortable, Babies can't do it as well. And so we got very surprised very quickly how hot he got. So we were like, okay, we've got to take him inside, get him cooled off, you know, back in the AC. Now with that, babies are different in terms of how they respond to that. Some get very fussy very quickly, depending if they get too hot, too cold. Um, But just be, I would say the lesson for us was being more mindful of that as one of the early indicators of why they're fussy. Like there could be a number of reasons why, but temperature was a big thing we were like oh okay he's too cold wrapped him up calm down boom taken care of so with that in mind be mindful of your surrounding temperature at any time of the day especially waking up from a nap you know even at night too make sure you've got a pretty good temperature going and everyone will be happy everyone will be great there is an article from stanford children's health that said children can lose their body heat four times faster than adults so there you go uh so that's mistake number two Mistake number three, lack of tummy time. 
what is tummy time? I said when we first heard this, because I guess I never heard of it. Tummy time is literally the time newborns spend on their tummies. Uh, as much as it might be a mystifying concept, that is essentially what it is. The reason they have to do it is because it allows their muscles in their necks to develop because if you don't do it, some babies can struggle with that development. So there is actually a science to at what age a kid should be able to move muscles a certain way, kind of move their head certain ways. Yes, there's going to be a lot of jarring in the early development stages, but there is a science to... You know, you're going to help a kid's development if they spend X amount of time on their tummies. And so, yeah, this does concern a lot of new parents because like, well, surely when they're on their stomach, they're face down, <laughs> they're going to not be able to breathe. And the reality is, of course, you have to kind of assist them with that. So we actually have this really cool pillow, which is kind of like a, you know, a tummy time pillow. So they kind of have their chest on it and it allows them that room between the floor and themselves to actually kind of lift their head up and move around. And kids, you'd be surprised, newborns instinctively take to it very quickly. You'd be surprised, but they do. They kind of jump in it. They start to move their head around. And even at the you know the first pediatrician appointment, they're like, oh, let's check it out. And they'll hold the kid and they'll see. And it's, it's great. It's kind of surprising. But again, we underestimated how much time he should be doing tummy time. And they told us at the doctor's office, ideally, it should be five to 10 minutes daily in the, in the newborn instance. So zero to three months, roughly five to 10 minutes. Longer than that would be great. Um, and with that, keep them stimulated. So have them looking at some books, have them looking at some lights, some you know toys, whatever it is. So it kind of takes their mind off what they're going through because some of them hate it, but they kind of have to do it. And then obviously three to six months, you can spend a little bit more time as they get a little bit stronger. You can kind of increase how much time they spend. Uh, so according to this, uh, I've got here not three months, five to 10 minutes daily, three to six months, uh, you can go for 30 minutes at least daily. So an article here again I've got from romper.com says a lack of tummy time can delay motor skill development and cause flat heads to develop when spending too much time on their backs. Isn't that crazy? You don't think about that stuff. But I was literally when I read that, I was feeling the back of my head. (laughs) It's like, do I have a flat head? Did my parents not give me enough tummy time? Um, But apparently that stuff can happen. So for all those newborns out there, make sure they are getting enough of the old tummy time. All right, uh, where are we at? Mistake number four. This is an interesting one too. Um, not creating a womb-like environment and expecting to sleep from hole to bassinet. So a lot of parents, you know, as the baby's starting to get, starting to wind down, getting a little sleepy, their eyes are getting heavy. A lot of parents, new parents, including ourselves, will go from here <laughs> to bassinet and then be like, and let's see what happens. Unfortunately, 9 out of 10 times, it doesn't work, right? The kid immediately starts fussing because he's just realized he's not being held in said parent's arms anymore. He starts kicking and screaming. And all that hard work you've done, spending 10 minutes to get that kid calm, it's just been undone, right? Um, And so, yeah, so the answer is to create a womb-like environment. What does that mean? It's a great read. Again, I recommend it. Uh, Dr. Harvey Karp, the happiest baby on the block, talks about the fact that, this is kind of a crazy concept, but talks about the fact that realistically, baby should still be in the womb for another trimester. Now, you're like, well, hold on, that would make any sense. <laughs> How could they be? The mother would be like, what? They even compared the whole like birth of giraffes and how when a giraffe, you know, a baby giraffe is born, it immediately starts kind of walking out. And it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, you're right. That is kind of crazy. So essentially what's happening is humans are giving birth to kids too early 
and they're not used to the you know, the environment that early, that young. And so with that, the advice is if you can create a womb-like environment and with that comes like swaddling, you know, shushing sounds, kind of gently swinging, you're going to be in a much better position to get that baby on their terms to get them to sleep a lot better. Mind blown, right? We only learned this like a couple of days ago. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but seriously though, it's worth a try. And so... A lot of newborn parents are still kind of on the whole fence about swaddling, whether it should be a thing, whether or not. I'd recommend it, obviously. Now, some kids do fight it, which kind of sucks. Uh, but swaddling, keeping him close to the chest, uh, obviously temperature again, we'll talk about that. But the other thing, like I said, is the, the shushing and the sound noises. So if you can get one of those noise machines that has one of those like white noise sounds, get that going off nearby, that's going to work a treat. You'd be surprised how that really worked well for us uh, when it came to trying to get him down for a nap. But, yep, it's all about creating that womb-like environment, apparently. And apparently parents not doing that makes it harder to put a kid down for a nap. So there we go. Uh, The final mistake, we're whistling through these. This is great. Mistake number five, getting angry and expressing frustrations in front of the baby. Baby can feel your emotions and needs, needs decent comforting. Should we put it that way? And this is the thing, like, I get it. Like new parents, especially when they're trying to figure out what's wrong with their kid, 10, 50 minutes, the kid is still fussing. Like we get, we get pretty, you know, let's say angry. We get pretty upset, right? We're not doing, think we're not doing the right things. We feel like we're failing and we can, we, we express those emotions like directly to the kid, like not at the kid, but we, we get frustrated, right? And so the lesson here is a lot of parents are doing that and the kid can feel that. You wouldn't think he would, or she, but the kid knows that we're responding with such a negative reaction that that then translates to how the child responds, and it's kind of like a vicious cycle going down a rabbit hole at that point, whatever metaphor you want to use. And so the honest answer to this is just working on your patience. As much as it can be a new test for everyone, you know, you go through highs and lows, but try and keep your own patience in check (laughs) as best as you can. Even if it means just kind of mentally taking slow, deep breaths, just kind of going through the same motions. Um, it's a real test of time. <laughs> um, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to help you out in the long run because if your kid learns from you about being calm and being in a good place, then that's going to translate a lot better in the long run versus always being met with that constant aggression, that viciousness. Shinkin Green, so a bed womb for their bedroom. Oh my God, I'll see myself out. If I had a sound effect for like slow applause, I would play it right now, but sadly I don't. But uh, yes, that is <laughs> a bed womb. <laughs> Good one. Um, so yeah, making sure, again, when it comes to keeping your, your own self in check, like obviously the baby's going through a lot and you're trying to work out with him what's wrong, but just making sure you don't get too frustrated too quickly because they will see that, they're all registered to that. No yelling at the baby. <laughs> Don't do that because <laughs> uh, that might not work out so well. Work on your patience, slow deep breaths, and just work with your significant other just to make sure that you guys are tag teaming this kind of stuff too because that's important as well. All right, guys. Well, that, again, shorter episode than usual, but that's okay. They are the top five mistakes. Uh, I say top five in my eyes, but of course, we can relate to many of those. Um, but of course, there are many things out there that we're learning 
uh, as new parents especially. And again, I have put links to some articles that I read that were very useful uh, in the show notes. So do check those out, um, various articles. And I will link up the book as well, The Happiest Baby on the Block by Harvey Karp, because it is a good read. And it is fascinating to learn about things that you thought you knew but maybe didn't know. Um, so yeah, so shorter episodes today. Um, we'll wrap it up there. So Twitch audience, uh, stick around. Ah, oh, Rinaru, hello. How are you? Welcome to the stream. We just finished talking about new parent mistakes. Um, Landalorian gal, parenting is tough. It is tough, especially for new parents. You're kind of figuring things out as you go, learning as we learning as we go. But there's a lot of things that we can do to kind of get those get those things better, especially for new parents too. Like it's good to listen to this stuff and hear this stuff so you can kind of be on top of the game. Uh, So for the Twitch audience, stick around. We're going to be chatting for a little bit after the recording. Uh, But for those listening to the podcast, I'm going to wrap it up there. If you're in need for some more information, check out our previous parenting episode via brosenblokes.com. Also, a quick shout out to our Patreon accounts, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash brosenblokes. Uh, if you want to help support our show and become an official contributor of the Academy. And lastly, as always, go hit that follow button from your favorite podcast platform for episodes to land straight into your audio device. All right, guys, thanks for checking this episode out. And until next time. <laughs>